Wake up with Patty Catter. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. You're listening to and watching Wake Up With Patty, and I am your host, Patty Catter. Welcome to the show. Today, I have an astronomical guest with me, <laughs> like how I punch that in for you, Roman Chuparuka. Is that how you say it? That's correct. Chuparuka. Thank you. Chuparuka. That's a cool name. So Roman, I would love it if you could please tell my guests a little bit about yourself as far as how you grew up, because you have an interesting childhood and uh, moved to the United States from Russia. So let's start there so our guests can get to know you a little bit. Excellent. Thanks, Patty. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Good morning to all. My name is Roman Chiparuka. I was born in Moscow, Russia in 1981 and immigrated to this wonderful country in 1989. Um, we were refugees through Europe and traversed Austria and Italy before uh, being granted access to the United States. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, uh, went to NYU, which was the one and only school that I applied to. And uh, my first job out of college was working at the Waldorf Towers, which is the more exclusive part of the famous Waldorf Astoria Hotel. And then I worked primarily in hospitality, initially working for um, uh, ultra-wealthy Russian family between LA, Moscow, and New York, and then got a job uh, for a really well-known New York travel agency that supported the world's um, ultra-high net worth, met my future business partner there, started a company called Roman and Erica, where we are the perfect blend between a really well-connected concierge, a top-level personal assistant, and a luxury travel advisor. That was in 2009 when we started the Roman and Erica business. And our focus is really anything and everything uh, for clients, lifestyle, and leisure needs. In 2018, we were approached by a private space company who said, we hear that you've been working with the ultra high net worth for nearly two decades, and we'd love your assistance in promoting a mission to the International Space Station for 10 days. And I happily obliged, and it took me two years. But in November of last year, we brought the third and final uh, private astronaut to the Axiom 1 mission that's set to go off in January of 2022. And as a result of being involved in new space, which is what this landscape is called, I started spacevip.com, which is a company designed to inspire and educate the public about all of these incredible opportunities that are available for space and space adjacent experiences. So that's me in under two minutes or less. I'm getting better. That's amazing. You did good. So <laughs> I do have a question for you way Please. back when you were a kid and you were moving to the United States. How big of a change was that for you to go from the United States or from Russia, I'm sorry, to the United States and Brooklyn of all places? It was drastic. Um, I remember when we first got to Vienna, this was probably uh, March of 89 and walking into the supermarket and seeing all of these lanes of food products, which we didn't have in Russia because you walk in, it's kind of like our railroad um, setup where everything is in front of you and there's limited products um, in the 
and the glass displays. So to see all of these colorful and amazing things was pretty extraordinary. Um, not knowing English was really interesting because when we got to the United States, it was just, uh, I remember not knowing English and then knowing English. And we probably learned English in, I don't know, three or four months because it's uh, sink or swim, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, but being kids, I think you adjust fairly quickly to a lot of things. And I still speak fluent Russian. I only speak Russian to my children in order to keep that up and make sure that they retain the cultures, the traditions, more and most importantly, the language. Mm -hmm. So what would you say um, you were like as a child in school? Was space even a thought in your mind? Um, I was good at math because Russia obviously has very advanced uh, mathematical education. So when I came to the United States, they tested me in math and they wanted to put me into the fifth grade, even though I was aged for third. And my mother said, keep him in third uh, just so he can be properly socialized, because otherwise I would have been the really young kid um, in, in all of the classes. So I always excelled in math and science. Um, I can't say that space was ever anything that I sought after. I did enjoy reading a lot. Um, in high school, I was in a medical science program and I thought I wanted to be a cardiovascular surgeon because my grandfather died of heart disease. And when I was accepted to NYU early decision, they said, you know, your grades are, are great, but you seem to excel in the social sciences a bit more. Are you sure you want to be a doctor? And I said, no, I'm not sure. And they said, well, why don't you do the base uh, requirements? And if you still want to go into the medical program, we'll just transfer you over. And I think I probably studied a little bit of uh, Renaissance art and uh, classical literature. And I said, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to go live in Italy, drink wine and uh, study you know, garden architecture. <laughs> and here we are. Wow. What a jump. When, what would you say has been the hardest trial that you've had in your life before you started your business? The hardest trial in my life. I don't know if it could be qualified as difficult because you just end up doing it, but my parents didn't speak much English because we, you know, we lived in, in Brooklyn coming to the United States and it was an insulated community. So we, I ended up doing a lot of translating for my parents and probably knew a lot more things as a child um, than I really should have. So I became the de facto head of my household in a way. My dad did a lot of business in Russia, so he would fly back and forth and it was just my brother and, and my mother and I, and you know, I, I look back now, but those are the things that made me the person that I was because I, I had a knack for organizing and asking people for things that I needed based on the requests that my mother had made, whether it was, you know, call the bank and tell them this or dispute that or negotiate with this person for um, something else. So I wouldn't call it a, a difficulty, but it was challenging in its own respect, but made me the person that I am today. So I'm grateful to my parents. Yes. I love asking that question because it always seems to go back to molding who you are today. Indeed. Yeah. So this space VIP, tell us all about it. So back in November, when we sold this $50 million ticket for a 10-day mission to the International Space Station, a lot of folks started reaching out and saying, 
oh, if you have clients for a $50 million ticket, surely you have clients who are interested in some of the less expensive, but also really meaningful and space-related experiences. It became evident really quickly that there are so many interesting things that are available that the public has no idea about, um, because unfortunately, the press only focuses on billionaire goes to space, $50 million dollars, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson. Uh, but in reality, they're, they're in fascinating and incredibly unique things that you can do right here on Earth. So Space VIP was designed to inspire and educate the public on all sorts of experiences. And we broke it down into three categories. We made up a category and called it Earthonaut for experiences that you can do right here on Earth. Um, astronaut experiences that you can do in space and Aquanaut experiences that you can do in the water. So some of the more interesting ones on Earth that are easily accessible to everyone listening is, um, is called Zero Gravity. And it's, it's a converted 727 airplane that's basically covered in padding. And it goes up to 24,000 feet and then starts flying in these parabolas, which are wave-like uh, aeronautical maneuvers that replicate a lunar a Martian uh, surface as well as zero gravity. So it's it's in incredible. And once you've experienced it, you can't forget about it and you just crave a lot more. And this costs $7,500 per person. It's certainly not cheap, but it's not $50 million. So technically it's technically it's affordable. There are other land-based experiences like analog missions, which replicate living on a lunar or Martian surface. Do you remember the movie Biodome with Pauly Shore? I think it was uh, oh in the late nineties or early 2000. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like that. You live in a controlled environment, you wear spacesuits and you do activities that will replicate living on another planet, whether it be vertical farming or medical experiments. And those are available in Hawaii with a company called High Seas, also for about five or $6,000. And that's for a week mission. Or there's a company called DMARS in the Israeli desert that does analog missions like this. There's also a phenomenal um, space center outside of Philadelphia called NASCAR, where they do centrifuge training that will replicate the G-forces of blast-off and re-entry, or simulation training where you could experience what it's like to fly on Virgin or Blue Origin. Um, and again, those things are under $10,000. You can fly to Russia and go to Star City where the space program started and do all sorts of cool training exercises. And those range from, you know, 10 to $30,000. Again, those are expensive, but they're more or less affordable for a regular person. Uh, and I say that in quotes, as long as you're able to save. And that's something of interest to you. That's interesting. So have you been on any of these trips? Mm, indeed. I did zero gravity about two months ago, and I thought it was fascinating. I'm geared to go to high seas in Hawaii in November, and I'm in the process of planning centrifuge and simulation training in uh, NASCAR in the next month um, or so. Good for you. So how did your company Space VIP come together? 
Well, Space VIP essentially grew out of the fact that we sold a $50 million ticket uh, for a 10-day mission to the International Space Station. And um, a buddy of mine who I grew up with, he's a marketing virtuoso and has sold millions of tickets for a variety of events that you see around town, like SantaCon or Pub Crawl or New Year's Eve parties. And he called me and he said, you know, I thought you were crazy when you were selling this ticket to space, but uh, I'm so glad that you were able to do it. And, and now you're a legend, not only in your own mind, but in my mind as well. And I think the public is ready to know more because there's, excuse me, all of this hype being built around and Branson is going to go up soon and Blue Origin is going to go up soon. So we put our minds together and brought on this incredible woman named Suzanne, um, who's our chief operating officer. She comes from a financial background. So we all have our individual talents. Suzanne is uh, financial modeling and investments. Eddie's uh, marketing and kind of uh, website building and search engine optimization. I obviously have experiences working with the ultra high net worth. So we pooled those uh, talents together, created Space VIP and are you know, six months into this in, in, incredible adventure. One of my private clients has recently uh, stepped up to fund a space prize that we're working on, uh, which will be a global initiative to promote uh, women in STEM. So that's something that uh, we'll be announcing hopefully in the next six to 12 months. And I'll certainly keep you and your listeners posted on that because it's said to be phenomenal. So yes, definitely. Um, we'll have to have you back on too. I want to have that. you back Thank on you. maybe after November when you can go to Hawaii and tell us all about that too. Oh, absolutely. So what would you tell my listeners out there who are really interested in some of these little trips that you have? I recommend going to spacevip.com. We made the website super approachable, easily digestible because in in putting all of this data together, we realize how difficult and convoluted space information is and it doesn't have to be that way. You'll notice a really interesting page. It's called the infographic. That's that's something that was born out of an Excel spreadsheet that I made for myself, you know, two years ago, just to understand the landscape of space. Because all I wanted to know was who's doing it, how much does it cost? How long is the experience? Is there any training necessary? And where is it? And once my design team saw that, they said, Roman, this is an incredibly informative document. Let us create something you know, attractive with it. And then created that infographic and out of the infographic was born all of these subcategories. So we just wanted to make it approachable and easily digestible. So on spacevip.com, you can scroll through all of the different experiences and we try to make it super simple so that folks based on their interests, could read about whatever uh, they're keen on. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So I have a friend who's very much into space. He wants, he someday, he wants to go into outer space and I believe he's saving his money. And so hopefully he'll be contacting you one of these days. I but so. um, I have a lot of listeners who are very interested in anything to do with outer space, because as we were talking about before the show, a lot of our technology that we have today is because of these space trips. So do you want to just touch on that a little bit? Because some of our listeners might not understand that, yes, you sold a high ticket um, trip to outer space, but 
you're, you don't get to hear the behind the story of how you're using some of these things to help how you're going to be helping our future and why it is important for these missions to take place. Sure. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, listen, I've, I've heard some negative comments, uh, which people are certainly entitled to about, you know, these billionaire joyrides. But what people really need to remember is that the fact that these people of means are going to space will help democratize it for the rest of us. And the research and the things be, are being that are being done in space can help all life on Earth. The fact that we're able to have this conversation right now, or the fact that those folks are able to tweet their negative comments was because only because of technology that was created for space communications that we were able to be um, connected to our astronauts. There's a powerful link between internet connectivity and the capacity to address social and economic issues such as you know poverty, climate change, disaster relief, um, agriculture, and, and so on and so forth. The satellite technology that's up there now can help farmers decide whether uh, to add more water or when to harvest their crops. The research, the medical research being done in space, whether for Parkinson's or cancer is, is fascinating. They're doing 3D organic printing um, there. So it's, you know, the work that can be done in a microgravity environment is unparalleled. They're in, in preparation for living in space. Uh, these astronauts are doing vertical farming, which is farming with a minimal amount of water, which can potentially help places like South Africa or California, which are experiencing unprecedented drought. So while I, I understand and empathize with um, the negative feedback and people are saying, you know, how could this billionaire go to space when I don't have money for water or for gas or to feed my children? I understand all of those comments and they're certainly well received, but there's also a, there, there's a bigger picture going on here. And I truly believe that the work being done in space will help us on this planet. The other thing um, that you want to think about is, you know, there's there's all of this nonsense going on, whether uh, whether we're fighting over imaginary borders or what's going on in the world right now with, you know, people standing together for this cause or that cause. I, I think inevitably we all need to move past that and realize that we're all, you know, and, and I hate to sound idealistic, but there's no other way around it. We're all related. We're citizens of this planet. We need to stop being petty, look past ourselves and unite in a common goal. And once we do that, we'll be able to achieve greatness because we would have focused on other things aside from, you know, my land or my cow or my child or all of these things that we're caught up in even now you know russia against china against the united states against france or japan going to space to colonize it so what happens okay you'll be the first one there and then you could become you know omnipotent ruler of the universe and then you could what be rich and stick the money in your ears i just i, I don't understand the end goal it would just seem to make a lot more sense if you know you're chinese and you have a great rocket and i'm russian and i have a great engineer and you're american and you have a great plane let's pool all of those amazing resources and make 
real advancements um, in, into making great progress. And Yuri Milner, who is a, you know, a brilliant in, investor, um, he has a, an initiative where he's sending light foils to the, our neighboring universe, Alpha Centauri. He says something like, we need to unite as one world to make real progress. And I truly believe that that's what needs to happen because policies and politics are are not helping. We 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 need a greater um, awakening. And again, I hate to sound idealistic, but I, I hope I hope that it works, and I hope we can see a little bit beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, and I have listeners all over the world, but a lot of my listeners are in the United States. I was born here in the United States. And I think that your words are really impactful because you were born into a country that was essentially communist, right? Right. And I grew up in a communal three bedroom apartment with two other random families that we didn't know. So yes, your story is just incredible too, because you're showing the resiliency that you had and then moving to the United States. And you came from very little means. It sounds like to, um, you know, look at you now. (laughs) Yeah, listen, my mother cleaned houses when we came to the United States. My father drove, uh, you know, older folks in uh, an ambulance from their homes to the doctor's office. And they did the right things. They educated us and placed the importance of education and more importantly, made sure that we were kind, uh, upstanding citizens who are empathetic and helpful to others. And by virtue of just you know, life, I think we learned certain lessons like tenacity and, 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 and persistence and hard work pays off. And I don't know if that would have been possible in another country. So I'm extremely grateful for living in the United States. And this is the land of opportunity. That's why I'm able to sell a $50 million ticket and start one company, then another company. And I hope that your listeners and the people of the world will hear the call and and really come together. Because once the public starts demanding more information, the narrative of the media will change not to talk about billionaires going to space in a negative way, but in a positive way. If you think about anything that's ever transpired in the history of time, it was people of means who were able to assist. And of course, I'm generalizing, but would take the airplane for example, or sailing, you know, people who have time on their hands come together, do something extraordinary. And I'm sure when the airplane first started, it was really expensive and really dangerous for somebody to get on the plane in New York and fly all the way to London. But now you and I can do that for, I don't know, $400 uh, in economy class if we get a great uh, fare from, I don't know, Norwegian Airlines or flat screen TVs when they came out were super expensive, but as more people were interested in them, they started buying them. And now instead of 10 or $15,000, which is what they were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, you can buy one for 800 bucks and it's 65 inches. I know because I just got one. Yes. Good points, Roman. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you taking time out to be on my show. And I know my guests are going to just really appreciate your encouragement and the motivating talk that you gave, because it is really important for us to all to come together and to just look past negativity. And honestly, I am so happy for whoever has 50 or $55 million to purchase a ticket to go to space. Like good for them. That is amazing. You know, right. 
You know, the other conversations that I started having recently, as people say, I have the $50 million, but I'm not interested in going to space. So my suggestion was, that's perfectly fine. Have your business entity donate the $50 million to your charity or foundation that you have, and then have the charity or your foundation buy the ticket to space and donate it to a research institution. Uh, somebody that could really find value in it. So it doesn't necessarily need to be you, you know, ultra high net worth person that you are, but you can do, there are alternative ways to do meaningful work in space. Jared Isaacman, the payment processing billionaire who bought uh, the full mission from SpaceX, he's going He's going up to space. He's going. Uh, he's also taking a research scientist from St. Jude's. He donated a lot of money to St. Jude's by virtue of a raffle. So the raffle winner is going. And someone um, who won uh, kind of his payment platform competition is going with him as well. So this is a guy who who did four things in one. He's a pioneer. He's doing research up there. He's doing marketing for his organization. And he created a tremendous flow of philanthropy by virtue of auctioning off the seats. That's real change. Yes. It's really impactful. It is. I love that so much. Now people can find your website. Is it spacevip.com? Correct? Exactly. Okay. So those of you watching, you can see it on your screen right now, head over to the website. Those listening, you can read it in the show notes, or it'll be on my um, website links. And Roman, I appreciate you so much for being on the show. I do have one last question for you. So since starting Space VIP, what has been your biggest trial with that? Trial has been getting the word out there because I've I've had more, as I mentioned to you when we started speaking, I've had more media requests for when I sold the $50 million ticket than when we made a massive public announcement saying that we started this company to inspire and educate the public on all space and space adjacent experiences. So it's fascinating to me that there's there's little that there is as little interest as there is in the incredible work that we're attempting to do. So hopefully with, you know, this interview today, your help and that of your listeners, um, we can elevate the conversations and uh, rising tides raise ships, right? Is that the expression? Absolutely. And that is true. And I actually am going to look out, look at your packages because I think they sound really interesting. Um, and I encourage everybody listening just to check it out. I mean, you've been on road trips, you've been, you know, to different countries visiting, why not try out some fun space adventures with space VIP? Thank you, Patty. You're welcome. Thank you, Roman, for being on the show. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you go to spacevip.com and have an amazing rest of your day and rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it.